on the third night of Hanukkah. I want to share with you an idea that uh, came to me just a couple of days ago. The Greeks, among their many um, things that they did to the Jews, decreed that it was forbidden to practice three specific mitzvahs. And those are Shabbos. They forbid the Jews from keeping Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh. They forbid the Jews from observing the new months. And Mila, circumcision. What's the significance of these three things? I'll share with you what I think is an amazing idea. Um, Shabbos. We mentioned the other day that the Greeks represent the number seven, which is nature. Seven corresponds to Shabbos, the idea that God created a world and infused that world with a certain degree of spirituality. The Greeks did not have an issue with, with that. The issue the Greeks had was that there was a unique relationship with the Jewish people and God. It says in the Talmud that the Greeks made a sign that said that they paraded around um, in Jerusalem, it says they put it on a on the on the horn of a of a rent of a bull, and they paraded around the streets of Jerusalem. It said that the Jewish people do not have a portion in the God of Israel. What does that mean? That they didn't have an issue with the, with the understanding that God created the world, but that the Jews have a special, unique relationship with God. That we're actually partners with God in creation. That. When we make Shabbos, we're, when we don't work on Shabbos, we're actually partnering with God in recreating the world. So that's number one, level of Shabbos, recognizing not only that God created the world, which they, they had no problem with, but that God has an ongoing relationship with the world. And for, first and foremost, the Jewish people, that God is involved in the world. That the Greeks had an issue with, number one, God's dominion over the world, which we recognize on Shabbos. Number two, Rosh Chodesh, the new month. The new month teaches us an, a, a newer level, higher level of the Jewish people's relationship with the world and nature. The moon, Rosh Chodesh, sanctifying the new moon is the first mitzvah given to the Jewish people in Egypt. What is the mitzvah of sanctifying the new moon? The lunar calendar is nine and a half, 29 and a half days long. That means every 29 and a half days, the moon renews itself. The moon waxes and wanes until it disappears. Then you have a completely empty night with the complete darkness, and then the moon be cycle begins again. So that new moon can therefore be seen on the 29th day, or on the, uh, sorry, 29 and a half days. It can be seen on the 30th day or the 31st day. And because it depends on when it's, since the moon is uh, the moon goes according to our, the way we see it, so the Torah says that the Jewish people are commanded to declare the new moon, declare the new month based upon when two witnesses see the new moon. Right. So, of course, we could make a fixed calendar, and we do have a fixed calendar today, which estimates essentially when the new moon is sighted. It appears scientifically, but according to the Torah, it doesn't have to do when it appears scientifically. It has to do when it's seen visibly to the naked eye, to the human eye. And then two witnesses have to come to the temple in Jerusalem, to the high court, and declare that they saw it. So Rosh Chodesh 
represents a higher degree of relationship between the Jewish people and, and the world of nature. That from when the moon is sighted, that actually determines when the Jewish holidays fall out. It's not something that happens naturally, like Shabbos is every seven days, no matter what. We don't have to do anything to deserve that. But holidays come out only based upon our involvement. We have to actually sanctify the moon. But not only that, the Talmud goes so far as to say that there are certain natural phenomena that take place at certain ages in a person's life or a person's body that would actually change based upon when the new moon was sighted. That literally you can actually change nature. So the message of Rosh Chodesh is that the Jewish people are given a special um, power, dominion over the world of nature. And this, of course, the Greek could not stand. Shabbos, that God is involved in the world, ongoing involvement is an issue. Rosh Chodesh, that the Jewish people have the ability to control nature. Totally not acceptable, according to the Greeks. And finally, circumcision. What's the message of circumcision? So in simple terms, the message of circumcision is that we have the ability to control ourselves, taking the most physical part of the body and elevating it, channeling it, is essentially a message to the Jewish people that we have to control our nature. We have to live supernaturally. And that, I believe, is the greatest challenge against the Greeks because the Greeks believe there's something called nature. We're bound by our nature. We're born according to our DNA, according to our experiences, according to our upbringing, and we're stuck in that way of living. That's what nature tells us. Nature dictates that things happen and they stay that way, that we're not in control, that we're victims to a random universe. The Torah comes and says, no, we can control ourselves. We can transform our nature. Now, I'll I'll conclude with a, a message. It says in last week's Parsha that Yosef, Joseph was in Egypt. He was a servant in the house of someone named Potiphar. And Potiphar had a wife, Mrs. Potiphar, and she took a liking to the the Hebrew servant, Jacob, and she began to try to seduce him. And the Torah tells us explicitly that she approached him and asked him to uh, to sleep with her numerous times. And he refused, he refused, he refused. And the Talmud uh, goes to length to explain, explain exactly what she did. She used to walk around very provocatively. She actually put something like a sharp thing on his neck so he couldn't put his head down, so he had to look at her. And Yosef continued, continued to run away, to ignore her, but her advances. But one day the Torah says he went back home and there was no one home. And the Talmud explains that he actually at that moment had given in to the temptation and he was about to succumb to the temptation, and then suddenly he ran away. It says, He fled and ran out, and he left. she grabbed hold of his garment, and he left it with her, and she started screaming and accused him of having raped her. And Yosef is thrown into prison. So says the base Aaron, of Aaron of Karlin, one of the earliest Hasidic rebbes, the, uh, one of the students of Rav Aaron of Karlin, known as Rav Aaron Hagadol, the great Rav Aaron, was a student of the 
of Rav Dov Be'er of Mezrich, the Magad of Mezrich, second generation Hasidic leader, and he spread Hasidus throughout Belarus and uh, different parts of Russia. And he says as follows. Rav Aaron says that this expression that Yosef ran out, chutza, he ran out, is connected to what it says about Avraham. It says in Parshas Lechel several weeks ago that Avraham, Hashem said to Avraham, go out of your tent. And it uses the same expression of going out. And God says to, to Avraham, count the stars if you can. So will be your descendants. Your children will be as great as the stars. And the Talmud says, what does it mean go out of your tent and look at the stars? Rashi brings, quoting Talmudic teachings, that the language of look at the, that the, it's used in the Torah of look at the stars is a language that denotes looking from up to down. So it says that Hashem took Avram outside of the universe and said, look down at the universe. He says, you, according to your astrology, were unable to have children. But now that you're outside the universe, you're above nature. Now you'll have the ability to have children. And so will be your children. What does that mean? The Talmud concludes that there's no such thing as mazel for the Jewish people. Mazel means your astrology, your stars, your destiny, your fate doesn't apply to the Jewish people. Why? Because Avram was taken out of the constellations. He was taken above the constellations to a world that's supernatural, above the realm of nature. There's something called astrology. You're born under certain stars. You have a certain fate, a certain nature that's programmed in based on the the circumstances of your birth, your DNA, so to speak. Maybe there's also a a certain spiritual DNA based on the constellations of when you're born, etc. But whichever way you look at it, God says to Avraham, according to nature, Avraham's not supposed to have kids, but God takes Avraham out of nature. And he says, so will be your children. Your children will also be supernatural. So there's a famous Hasidic teaching also from the from Rav Meir Shapiro. Meir Shapiro started the Dafyomi in Poland 100 years ago. Dafyomi, where the whole world is together learning one page of Talmud every day. Rav Meir Shapiro says, God says to Avram, count the stars if you can. And he says, so will be your children. Says Rav Meir Shapiro, God says to Avram, count the stars. And Avram starts counting. One, two, three, four, five, a hundred, six hundred, ten thousand. And God says, can you count them? And he stops him and he says, so will be your children. What does that mean? It's impossible. Of course, it's impossible to count the stars. There's so many millions, billions of stars, even just visible to the eye. And imagine back then before all the light pollution and the real pollution. Says God to Avraham, so will be your children. They will also attempt the impossible. They will also attempt to do things that are supernatural. This is the message of what it means to be a Jew, is that we t- we have the ability to overcome our nature, to live supernaturally. And the truth is, is that when we attempt to transform ourselves and live supernaturally, then we have the ability to actually have miracles in our life. Then the response is the supernatural, that nature can't control us, that we're not bound by anything. So says the Rav Aaron of Karlin that when 
when what gave Yosef the ability to run away from this incredible temptation? The power of Avraham, the power of overcoming nature. It says if a person wants to come close to God in spirituality, they have to run away from their physical nature towards their physical base desires. And when a person does that, when they run away from physicality, then they merit in, to be greater than nature. They themselves, when you, when you overcome your nature, then you have the ability to live supernaturally. And that was the ultimate uh, attack against the Greeks who believed in the supremacy of the world of nature. The Jewish people have the ability to transform our nature. That's the message of circumcision, that we take our body and we say that we can actually elevate our body. The Greeks said you're, you're, you're mutilating the perfect human form. They believed that the naked male body was the most beautiful specimen of pristine beauty in the universe. That's why they worked out undressed in a gym. The word gym means naked because the Greeks believed your body was everything. The Jewish people say, no, the body is just a vessel for the soul. And the more we can control the body, contain the body and channel the body, the more we can let the soul shine forth. Wishing you a happy Hanukkah.